This is the Bare Naked Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Party. I'm a mindfulness mentor and breathwork facilitator who's here to bring you unfiltered conversations about mindset, spirituality, holistic healing, and entrepreneurship. Bare Naked Soul is about expressing who you truly are underneath it all as you shed the layers of who you think you're supposed to be. This is my journey of letting my authentic soul speak in hopes that it inspires you and teaches you to explore and express who you really are too. Hello and welcome back to Bare Naked Soul. I'm very, very grateful that you're here. This episode is such a juicy one. I Some of these conversations I definitely have not had on the podcast ever before. Some of these are things I've never even really spoken to anyone about before. So we go deep. Um, Alyssa is our guest today. She's freaking awesome. She's a powerhouse. We talk about sex. We talk about being triggered. We talk about how to deal with friends and family when they don't get us in the way that we are. Just some really real conversations that I know you guys are going to appreciate and hopefully will help you to see different perspectives as well. I think that was a big thing for me. So tune in, stay tuned. You're going to love it. I wrote up before we dive in, I have to tell you about something I'm so freaking passionate about right now. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that this is like my life right now is the vibe. It's, it's, it's staying the energetic match to, to manifest our desires and the ways we want to feel and the happiness we want to feel and all of that. And if you're one of my clients, you know, this is like our full focus right now. And it's, it's getting you results and you're, you're seeing how it's changing things. You're truly committing to it. But I, I feel like you've tried manifesting at this point, you know, unless maybe this is your first time listening to a podcast like this, you've probably tried manifesting. You've tried putting the law of attraction to effect, being high vibe, positive thinking, and maybe you've seen some of the the fruit of that labor come to fruition. You've seen some manifestations come in. You've seen some, you've had some intuitive things happen where you're like, huh, wow, that really is working. And then you fall off, right? Negative thinking takes over. Doubt takes over. Our mind makes up excuses why we can't believe that it's truly working or it can't work for us. And have you ever wondered what would happen if you truly, 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 truly fucking stuck with it? Because I'm telling you, everything changes when you truly fucking commit to this work. So my brand new program, Magnetize, teaches not only the law of attraction, quantum leaping, setting boundaries around our energy and setting boundaries with people and the the things that are depleting us. Um, I teach you how to process anxiety and fear and doubt, actually process those quote negative emotions, actually move them through and out of your body so you can go back to feeling good. This program teaches all of those things, but it's so much more than that because my true intention with this program is to give you a six week experience. And actually it's really eight weeks. It's six weeks of modules that are taught live every week. And then it's eight weeks of support in a private Facebook group. But that period of time to truly commit to this, to truly commit to the vibe, to truly be a vibrational match for your desires, to have me hold you accountable to shifting when when doubt starts to take over and go back to this feeling, This has the power to change everything. This will change lives. 
I'm so excited about this and so passionate about it. And I just, I just know the capabilities that you have when you fucking take this, make the decision to actually stick to this. So if that calls to you, head to the link in the show notes, magnetize, and I hope to see you in there. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm It's Leah Party on Instagram. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for this to start. So enjoy the conversation with Alyssa. Also, just to let you guys know, I was having some audio issues when Alyssa and I recorded this interview. So yeah, I'm like really, really quiet in this. Um, my audio like sucks. But of course, it was so gold that I had to keep it. So yeah, just so you are aware. Hello, and welcome back to Bare Naked Soul. You guys, I have a super special guest with me today, Alyssa Cousins. And you guys know I wouldn't bring someone on the show unless I find them incredible. And let me tell you how magnetic Alyssa is. I have just been so drawn to her work. Um, and I've only been following her for a couple months now. We actually both live in Pittsburgh. That's how I found her. And a couple weeks ago, I attended one of her body art workshops, which I'm sure she will be telling us all about. But let me tell you how incredible it was. Um, a friend of mine, we both attended it. We both found it so transformative. And I super recommend tuning into this interview, listening to what Alyssa has to say, and attending one of her body art workshops. You will be convinced by the end of this why that is necessary. So Alyssa is an embodiment coach and mentor. She's the creator of Body Art, a community and ambassadorship program based on embodied dance. She's been leading women's healing retreats since 2016. She's taught vinyasa yoga since 2015 and has taken a yoga for trauma training as well as kundalini yoga intensive training, all of which have informed her teaching style and unique approach. She's currently writing her first book, a poetry memoir about the healing journey post her husband's traumatic brain injury. It's due out in March, 2022, and I'm so excited to read it. Okay, Alyssa, <laughs> thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you. It's always interesting to hear your own bio read back to you. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. Yay. Okay, I'm super excited to hear your story because I don't think I've heard you tell it yet. I really don't know much about your backstory. So where were you before yoga? What were you doing? And how did you enter? How did you find out you were so magical and the spirit realm? Like, tell us the whole story. <laughs> how did I find out I was so magical? Okay. Um, so my story really starts, if you rewind all the way, was in 2015. Let me think here. 2013, I left grad school. I was supposed to be going um, for, it was really for history. Um, I planned on working in a museum. <laughs> I was on a public, it's called public history. Hmm. And I was in a grad school program at Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. And I was enrolled, you know, for my master's and was, a, I was a straight A student. I'd graduated with, you know, a dual major in history and communications. And it's funny looking back that I see how like a lot of my comm classes and I took like women's studies classes and different things. It's funny how looking back, I see how I see the pieces of myself in it, but it just wasn't quite right. It wasn't quite like on the money, so to speak. 
So I got that huge intuitive nudge that I had to leave grad school. I was maybe a month in and I got that sinking feeling that I was sincerely on the wrong path. You know, um, I was fresh out of college, jumping right into grad school, no break in between those two things. And I had the only factor, the only factor that was in between graduating college and going to grad school was yoga. I started going to yoga, really uh, dedicated to the practice, just dove in, you know, you just fall in love with yoga and you dive right in and it just consumes you in the most wonderful way that yoga tends to do when you fall in love with it. And it just changed everything. It just, it opened me up to a group of people that I didn't know that like existed. I came from a very, like in Pittsburgh, like just sort of like very like black and white sort of, you know, everything is just my, you know, my parents, my mom's a nurse, my dad was a cop growing up and a volunteer firefighter. And, you know, it's just, I, I grew up in a certain environment that it wasn't, it was beautiful. Like I had a great childhood, but I see now how, when I went into the yoga room and I started being around other people that thought differently and could see the world differently. And that there was this thing like this spiritual realm, whoa, you know, it just changed everything. And that's the only thing that really I can see it was the factor that I quit grad school because of that, because I literally had just started yoga. I wasn't a teacher, but I just said to my whole friends and family and my then he was just my boyfriend, Brad, now my husband, I'm going to quit grad school and I'm going to pursue a yoga career. I have no idea what that means. I know I'm not trained, but I'm going to figure it out. And I know that I have to do this and I am not supposed to be doing this right now. These are not like I told everyone, these aren't my people. Like when I go to Duquesne and I'm in my classroom with these people, I don't feel kindred spirits here. And I realized that I think I was living out someone else's dream. I think I was living out my father's dream. I think I was living out possibly even my grandfather's dream. And that there was this bond that we had that we both, we all loved history. We were kind of like, we geek out on that. We bonded in that way. And I think I felt love in that. And for some reason I attached to that. I feel like my inner child, like attached to that and just saw that I would be validated in that way and ran with that dream that was other people's. And then I woke up and I've never gone back to sleep since. And now I'm not even teaching yoga anymore, which is the craziness of it all. I, it's funny you're asking me this today because I'm teaching my last public yoga class today. I've been teaching since 2015 and I decided I finally am letting it go because it, the evolution of myself, it doesn't actually feel in alignment anymore. It doesn't feel like where I want to put my heart. I want to put my heart into body art and embodied dance and my book. That's where I want to be. Like, that's it. That's the evolution of the self. And all of that really came after my husband's 
really severe accident. So that was another wake up, right? I just think life is like this series of initiations. Some of them are happy. Some of them are sad, but that was just another one. And so then my whole, I just pivoted everything. And now I'm here talking to you about body art, which never existed. And I never had any intentions of making it. I didn't know it was even going to be a thing. I never thought I would teach any form of dance uh, or (laughs) it's just bizarre to me, quite frankly, that I'm not even where I started with the, you know, the yoga, it came full circle and now it's like, it's complete and I'm ready to move on, not move on. I'm ready to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how I feel like once we start listening to our gut, leaning away from the things we know are not meant for us and just moving our feet towards the things that feel good. It doesn't mean that's always going to be the thing forever that we do, but it moves us in the direction we're meant to go in. And then you have the next thing that happens that awakens you further and you take the next intuitive step. Exactly. I always, I love that you said that. I always tell my clients, just take the next best step. That's all you can do. When you're going on this you know, to speak to your podcast title, you know, when you're going on this bare naked soul journey, right? All you can do is take the next best step intuitively. That's it. You cannot jump ahead 10 steps. If you try to do that and be like, where am I going to, you can have visions, you can have dreams and goals, but really All you can do is just what's right in front of me. What's next? What's the next best step? What's the next best thing I can do in this moment? And go do that because otherwise it's overwhelming and you get too far ahead and you have no idea how you're going to do it. Like if I, you know, when I said I'm going to have a yoga career, I didn't know what the fuck that meant. I didn't even know how to explain that to people because everyone told me I couldn't make any money. Like you're not going to make money doing that. Why would you do that? Like, what does a yoga career really even mean? Like, how is that going to really be abundant? And I just knew I had to figure, I would not, I had to figure it out, but that I would figure it out. You know, like how the whole Marie Forleo, like everything is figure outable. You'll figure it out. If you want it enough, you will figure it out. And the universe will conspire with you to do the damn thing. If you just, you gotta, you know, it's a leap of faith, but fear and faith, they're just two two sides of the same exact coin. Really. I mean, the moment that you leap, there's fear and there's faith in that leap. They're, they're both happening simultaneously, right? Fully expressed in that area or other areas, right? And you are right in, in other areas. So I thought that was really interesting. And then I followed you again. So I want you to tell us, cause I know I'm not the first person that has done that, right? Um, why are we so triggered by conversations, especially with sex and intimacy and anything to do with women not being good little girls? Tell, tell me what you think about all of that. I have to, well, first of all, I love, thank you for telling me that you unfollowed me. Thank you for telling me, you know, that you felt triggered. That's really fucking brave. And we do that. It's so human. Like, oh, you hit a nerve. Mm -hmm. Fuck that. I don't like it. I'm out. 
<laughs> so but to answer your question, I think it comes down to that. Well, then why do we have that? And, and I'd love that you brought that up because it's, it's just so important to point out is, and I did share this in a post in around May um, during Gemini season, which is dirty talk season, like in body art, it was all about like, that was the theme was dirty, pretty mouth. <laughs> and so I was sharing that, you know, people are not disappointed in you. People are afraid and they're afraid because they're afraid of it in themselves. They're afraid because they don't know that part of themselves and you're just being the mirror. Mm -hmm. So if someone ever, you know, I talked about the word slut and, and if anyone ever comes at you and shames your slut or makes you think slut is inherently bad, it's just a trigger. And the word slut has become a trigger in and of itself because we've used it against women to call them slutty. You're dressing slutty. You're acting like a slut. People might be listening to this right now being like, that word is just eek. like, it hurts my heart because maybe it's been thrown at you and in your face as a form of, um, shaming you. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if we can, the reason that that's so confusing in that we're afraid of it is because the society, the construct that we've created around those words, they hold a power over us when really the power of them is within us. Mm. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of like society has made women's bodies, this thing to cover up and be afraid. And, and women's sexuality is like, what this brings back a memory of being at I used to work in corporate sales and I was in like Boston or something for a corporate sales event and I was the only there's like maybe two other women that were like you know 20 years older than me or whatever I was the only like woman in her 20s and I was wearing a skirt like a skirt suit right and I walked I went to the bathroom when I came back my coworker said he's like pointing to this guy and he said he when you left the room he pointed at you and said she's the reason I don't hire women to work in sales. That right there is someone who's going to get you in trouble because you can't like basically implying you can't trust yourself around women. Women, we have to cover ourselves up because men can't be trusted. Boys will be boys. So we have to, we're dangerous. We're dangerous. That's a them problem. That's a, that is a patriarchal, toxic, <clears throat> masculine problem but we make it a woman problem yes. that she's the problem. She's a risk, right? She's dangerous woman, right? She's the slut. And it's like, I'm sorry, but actually what you're saying, if we can pick this apart, you're actually saying, but not realize you're saying it. You're saying you're actually the problem. She's not the problem. If we, you know, peel this onion back and analyze what you just said, I can't hire her because Whew, I can't trust myself. Well, shit, then that's not a her problem. It's a you problem. It's you not just saying, well, the boys will be boys, right? And I talked about that and I literally said that phrase in my posts back in May. That's bullshit, that phrase, because it's just, it's a permission slip, mm -hmm. you know? It really is. And it's not acknowledging what the real problem is. 
the real problem being the toxic patriarchal um, culture and society that says boys will be boys. That's actually the problem. It has nothing to do with the fact inherently that a woman's sexuality is wrong or that women just in their freaking nature of their bodies being gorgeous and beautiful and luscious that anything is wrong with them. Like, I'm sorry, not sorry. This is how I was made. And I am, sexual energy courses through me just like it courses through you. It's in all of us. And I don't have to hide that. I shouldn't have to hide that. I can express it how I want to express it. And that's going to look different for everyone. But that doesn't mean that you have any say in it or that it's my, it's my fault. You know, that's what is my responsibility and what's not my responsibility. But unfortunately, the culture that we're in just shames the woman and makes it her problem and that she has to make sure she's not being too tempting. She's not being the snake, right? And we even get to reclaim snake. I wish I had my earrings on right now, my snake earrings. (laughs) We get to reclaim the snake. I mean, this goes all the way back to the whole Adam and Eve, right? We get to reclaim the snake energy. We get to reclaim, we are this like that serpentine, that Shakti, what is Shakti, right? It's this like serpentine swirling energy moving up the spine, right? That gets activated and woo, that's life force, baby. Like that's what makes us feel so turned on to life, not just in a sexual way, but in a, I am one with life way. And I don't know about you, but I want to live that way. And that's beautiful. And that lives in all of us. Um, And also just that idea that it's not just the fear, but it's also, I think that we're afraid of healing and sexual healing is healing. And I know that's a weird thing to say, like, Alyssa, why would I be afraid to heal? But if you think about it, when you put yourself in the position of I'm going on a healing journey, just like you did with your trigger with me, you're going to have to be face to face with all of your shadows, all of your shit, all of your triggers, all of your fears, all of your inner child wounds, all of your insecurities, that is terrifying. And it is very confronting because it asks you not to fight your fear anymore or your insecurities or whatever, your shadows, but to face them. And there's a big difference in the energy between fighting and facing. And people are quite frankly, just afraid to do that. And so if we're afraid of our sexuality, we're therefore afraid of sexual healing, which means we're just afraid of healing. If we just keep peeling the onion back and we're afraid of healing because it's going to ask us to look at ourselves as a bare naked soul. And that is not for the faint of heart. Such a good conversation. I feel like this is something we, we don't talk about this as a society. We don't talk about this, you know, with people, like this is just so, so deep. And I think you're absolutely right. I think people just want to avoid it. You feel that trigger and you just want to run from it instead of saying, Hmm, what's in here for me to learn. Right. I mean, imagine if we could live in this culture that accepted sexuality, being sexual, And I also want to just kind of distinguish between sexual and sexuality, right? 
that sexuality is like, well, you know, that can go into how do you identify, like, what is your sexuality, right? And then there's, I am very sexual. Those are not exactly the same word. We tend to interchange them. But imagine if we lived in this world where being sexual and our individual sexualities were accepted and it was seen as okay to talk about. And hey, actually, we're all sexual beings. We all have different levels of how sexual we might feel. Some people are super sexual, like on a scale, they're really sexual and others not as much, you know, and there's not a right or a wrong to that. But if just imagining, I would love to live and see like what that society could be, because I really believe that if we could heal those wounds around sexual expression and sexuality, the liberation, the freedom, the authenticity, the compassion that would come, the kindness that would come from all of that. That's a world that I want to be in. So I'm doing my best to do that and foster that community within body art. It's not all we talk about. It's not like every single session has that theme in it, but it does. It's like, it does. And it doesn't, I might not be talking directly about sex or sexuality or being sensual. And yet it's just infused. It, it has to be because we're working with the body and your body holds all of this sexual Shakti life force energy. So how could it not be a part of something like body art? It has to be, it's always there. We're always working with it. You probably noticed, you know, we worked a lot with lower chakra spaces and the root and the sacral and the solar plexus and lots of bringing it up into the heart. We do all of that on purpose, right? Like we start with the lower chakras and work our way up. This is not a happy accident. I did, you know, it's intentional. So did you, did you feel that? Like, did you notice that energy working with that? Absolutely. Yeah. So powerful. Yeah. And I want to, I want to dive further into body art, but I want to bring this other thing up really quick. And this is something I don't think I've talked about on the podcast, but um, it's something I talk about on Instagram quite a bit. (laughs) It's come up many times, but um, I stopped wearing bras, you know, and uh, when I start following you, I notice your nipples. I could see your nipples. Oh, she's not wearing a bra. And um, that is something, that is another area that's really triggering for people. And I'm curious your experience with that, like have, you know, have people said, oh my God, put away your nipples. What are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you, shouldn't you wear a bra? Like why, why are bras a thing? Well, there's a time and a place for a bra. Sometimes you, a bra makes the outfit look better. And you're like, yeah, I could use a bra here. Like it would support the, like the aesthetic of this, you know, the dress and the way it's cut or whatever. And there's a place for them you know, and you can have a super sexy bra. And in terms of like, oh, hey, you can see my nipples, um, you know, or I'm beaming. I'm a high beamer. Like I just am. I'm never not beaming. I probably am right now. And I'm wearing a sweater. (laughs) I can feel that I am. Um, 
I just, I always marvel at women when I notice they don't have a bra on and they're not beaming. I'm like, how, I don't know why my nipples are always like ready to go. (laughs) TMI there, but truly. So no, I haven't had any, I haven't had any bad backlash about it, but what I have had is people say, like you said, like, oh, wow. Like I'm going to try and not wear a bra. And I even had someone recently on a post comment, uh, about, about, Hey, you just inspired me. I went out today and I didn't put a bra on. (laughs) And I was like, hell yeah. I'm so proud of you. Like, wait, way to go. Good for you. And I know that can sound so trivial First, like, oh, you inspired someone to not wear a bra. Like, wow, you were doing big work in the world. But you know what? Actually, I think it's a lot bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And I do see it as like a huge compliment. And I really receive that. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm so grateful that I could inspire you to be yourself and feel so liberated um, to just kind of bear yourself and be yourself and not feel shamed about having nipples considering everyone has them. Um, so I haven't gotten bad backlash at all. I've actually gotten just support from it and people saying you inspired me to go braless or hell yes. Like I'm all for team no bra. It's been very positive. So I haven't had anyone that's ever asked me like, why don't you not wear them? Or are you making me uncomfortable? Haven't had that. Mostly it's been this, that you are inspiring me to free the nipple. (laughs) And honestly, I rarely, I do. I rarely wear a bra. I just, I I prefer the look of not wearing one. Um, I also love my breasts. Like I love them. I really do. Like, I think I have great breasts. I, it's just one of the attributes I love about myself. I'm a Leo. I don't have issues saying I love things about myself. And that's not from an egotistical place at all. And I know people can read that wrong, but it's not, it's, it doesn't come from there. And that's just a part of my body that I am like, I love my breasts. And so I like how they look like this. I feel more comfortable. And so, and so it is. Yeah. So for you, why did you stop wearing one? Like, why did that happen? Well, first, when my friends told me she stopped wearing underwear, and I said, what? That would be so uncomfortable to not wear underwear. And then I tried it, and I was like, oh, like, now, like, I just, I can't, I just can't do it with underwear. Like, I feel so much more comfortable without them. And so, similar with bras, I thought not wearing a bra, I never cared when people didn't, but I thought it would be more comfortable to wear one. Mm -hmm. But once I tried not wearing them, I was like, oh, this is way more comfortable. But I do think it does go deeper because there is um, there is a liberation in doing making a choice for you that feels good, even though the world says you can't do that, and deciding to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. We all have our own internal compass, and you know what feels good for you. If you really listen, you know. And if not wearing a bra makes you feel beautiful and good great if wearing a bra makes you feel good and beautiful and sexy great wear one but I think it comes down to your own personal choice and discernment for yourself and nobody gets to tell you one way or the other I'm just at this place in my life where 
You know, I just had a client this morning send me the most, she's one of my body art ambassadors and she sent me the kindest message and honestly got me in the feel. She said, you know, you're so different. Like you show up differently post your husband's accident. And I just am so appreciative of the way you show up and who you are now. And I think it just comes down to, she said, you know, words like vulnerability, transparency. And in some way, I think that's connected to not wearing a bra, Uh, literally transparency, like getting rid of that extra piece of clothing being more vulnerable, like, yes, I have breasts. I am a woman, you know, it just is, I feel so myself and I feel so radically expressed. And that's what I'm just here to help other women do in this life. You know, as a, I'm calling myself essentially like a embodiment and expression mentor coach, whatever word works for you. And that's just what I'm here for. I just want us to be self-expressed in all ways including whether or not, you know, you want to wear a bra or not wear a bra a bra, or makeup or no makeup, whatever that looks like for you and feels like I'm here for that because I know how amazing it feels right now in this body to feel so authentically myself. It is, I'm just going to say that word again. It's just so liberating. Mm-hmm. I want more people to feel liberated, more liberated people in this world on all levels for all women to feel that sense of, I am just free to be myself. I am free to be expressed. I'm free to be heard. I'm free to be a woman. That's it. That's so beautiful. That's such an amazing vision. All I can do is be in my corner here of the internet world and do what I do best and share my gifts the best I can. And make the impact as much as I possibly can. And I do think that a big part of that, just start with yourself, just start with you. Don't wear the bra. If you don't want to wear the bra, don't wear the bra. (laughs) Start there. (laughs) So I don't know when you, I don't know how long you've been like so fully expressed. So like when I see you on the internet, like she's very much herself. She's very like open to talk about things that are vulnerable, that are really can be scary to talk about. I don't know how long you've been like that. So maybe this is a question more about whenever you first began being a little different than the average person. When you're around friends, family, people who are not in the spiritual community, who don't talk about these things, who don't get this whole world, mm-hmm. I mean, what, what advice do you have for, um, for expressing yourself around people who are wondering where the fuck your bra is or wondering what the hell you do for a living or right maybe you've maybe you've experienced feeling like you have to play small around people who aren't as big of dreamers or who are doing the complaining and the gossiping and the bullshit tell me what you think and and what advice you have for someone who's maybe just exiting the spiritual closet and like I can't talk to anyone about this what do you think well part of that is certainly seeking out a community where you, number one, you can. And then when you have to be around friends or family that knew a different version of you, creating, um, creating boundaries, but not going obsessive with boundaries is important. We have a tendency. I just want to like, kind of put this little like boundaries. Great. Caveat, excessive boundaries, not great. That's just going to close your heart. And that's actually not at all the spiritual thing to do. 
because that's just like basically having almost like a spiritual superiority complex. Um, we don't want to be closed. So even though it's hard to, for me to often engage it, and it is, it is, I told you about my family. Like I'm totally the black sheep of the family. I vote differently than all of them. Um, I see the world differently than all of them. Pretty much. It's hard. I do believe if you're one of those people, I want to say that if you're one of those black sheep of your family, I do think our souls choose our families. I think there's a choice in who our parents are. That alone can be triggering for people. I know that I realize that because we don't all come from happy families, but nonetheless, I do believe, you know, I've talked with my therapist about this. Like, why am I different than my family? This is really hard. It would be easier if I wasn't, it would be easier if I could just be like them, think like them, act like them. It would be easier, but it would not be the most easeful path from my heart. And there's a difference between easy and ease. And I just realized after talking to him that, you know, I do think I, my soul chose to be in this family because look at what this family and being in this family has helped teach me about myself. And if I wasn't in a family like this, maybe I wouldn't have had the path that I have and wouldn't feel so passionate about what I do. So there's that piece I just wanted to say. And in terms of how to engage, going back to the boundaries idea, um, there's an ability to remember, you know, remember that there are certain conversations that you can, of course, have and certain conversations that, you know, are probably hot water and it's just not going to be conducive to any kind of intellectual dialogue or compassionate dialogue. Actually, both of those, it should be in compassionate and intelligent together, not and or it, it's both. Let's have both happen. Uh, if you know that that conversation, that topic is just learning a graceful way. I don't want to say to shut down a conversation, but to pivot away. If you know that someone is trying to like maybe poke you and you know, like you see it, you know what they're trying to do. And you're like, I'm not willing to engage because I know if you know that person is not going to engage with you in an intelligent, compassionate way, and they will not meet you on the high level. And they're going to try to make you go low. And you're like, I want to, as you know, Michelle Obama, I want to, I want to go high. I don't want to go low. And you know that they're not going to meet you there. Learning how to pivot gracefully um, so that you can exit. Now, that being said, if you want to try to have them meet you on a high level, talk to them like a person is my best advice. By that, I mean, if it's your mom or your dad or your sister or your best friend, remove that label. This was one of the biggest tips that I, like, this was one of the biggest things that I ever learned through just self-inquiry and doing this in my own life. Remove label, mom. Okay, there's a human in front of me who has their own fears, their own triggers, their own experiences. Okay. I'm talking to a human. I'm a human. All right, cool. If I can remove mom, wow, does that change the conversation? Now, how do I talk to you? Now, how can I engage with you? 
now I'm not so afraid because I'm not in the role of child anymore. And I can meet you as a human, woman to woman. I don't have to meet you anymore as mom child. So if we can remove that label, I think that's very helpful to be able to have an intelligent, compassionate conversation that's full of respect. And trying to, another bullet point would be, can I, how can I relate to you? How can I relate to this person? That's just kind of like another aspect of the, we're both human, but seeking a relation point. Even if you're like on polar ends of the spectrum on something, there's somewhere where you relate, where you're both trying to get to the same thing. Maybe it's you're trying to come back to a space of love or whatever it is. There's somewhere you relate. Find that. Seek that. Be curious about what that is in the conversation. Now, if you're trying to do all those things, removing the label, you're trying to relate to them, you're trying to see their side, and they're still going low, going low, going low, and they won't meet you, then you need to know then when to walk away and realize this is, this isn't actually conducive to anything that's not just toxic in this moment. So I'm going to go now. And you don't have to raise your voice. You don't have, there's a time and a place to raise your voice, of course, but there is something to be said for being actually a little bit more gentle, but people that are triggered and afraid, they will always get loud. If you can stay in your, in your softness, you're probably going to piss people off, but that's just their own. You're just mirroring something in them. Right. So that doesn't mean that you need to always like, you're allowed to get fucking angry when there's a time and a place for it. But I actually think a lot of times the really radical thing can be, can you remain soft and try to stay on that high, like level of seeing them as a human and just kind of see how uncomfortable it makes people, but notice if they're willing to come meet you there. And if they are cool, continue engaging. If they continually won't take some space and maybe let them come back to you. I just had this happen in my own life. I'm speaking to this very, this very present with, with someone in my life and they'll come back to you in their own way. They'll, they'll baby step it. Um, but that's whenever you can get create that boundary of, Hey, you're not meeting me and you, you really hurt my feelings and you're not meeting me on this level. And I'm just not going to engage with you like that. Like, this is who I am. And if you cannot engage with who I am and you're trying, I think we, we don't realize is people are trying to engage with the person that we were, not who we are. That is so hurtful. And people don't realize that. But like, you know what I mean? Like, shit, you're trying to love a person that I'm not anymore. You're trying to talk to a person I'm not anymore. Can you just love me? Like, can you just see me? Because if, if you love me, then you have to love all of me. And I'm all these different women. Oh my gosh. We're, we're here. We're there. We're up. We're down. We're so changeable. That's just a part of the feminine flow state. So can you love every version of me? Like, can you love, you know, even with our partners, can you love my slut? Can you love my angry bitch? Can you lay, you love my boss, babe? Can you love like the, the Kuan Yin in me, like, can you love everything about me? All versions as I continue to evolve, that's loving some, loving someone is loving all versions of them. 
learning to love all versions of them. You might not love it right off the bat because it's a little scary because you don't know what it is. It's uncertain. We don't like uncertainty. We like what we know. That's how humans, our neural pathways are built. But like how marriage is continually, someone always said, you know, marriage is choosing to love and learning to love a different version of the same person over and over. Well, let's extend that to all relationships. And sometimes people will fall away because you just don't fit anymore. And maybe they can't love you in this version. And can you accept that? Because at the end of the day, you got to love yourself. And if you're happy where you are, then choose yourself. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That went a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it really, I think especially right now, people are trying to navigate those conversations. And I, I love the tip of removing the label from someone. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also a such thing as being able to know that someone is going, like, if someone is projecting onto you, there's such a thing as I learned this from Danielle Laporte, you know, you, you can, you can listen to someone's shit and not take on their shit or not take their shit. Like kind of the idea that you roll it off your shoulders, like they might project it onto you, but there's a way to not let it absorb into you. Like you realize it's not actually about you. It's a them thing Mm -hmm. and you can listen to it, but then you let it go. That is definitely a skill. That is an art. Uh, I had a family member growing up that taught me how to do that really well. So I can do that now fairly well, but I do acknowledge that that is hard because when someone's projecting onto you and throwing things at you, uh, that can definitely feel hard to not take things personally. But I think we all know that usually it's not actually about you, that it's something else. So if we can learn how to acknowledge they're a human going through something, we can learn how to not energetically take all of that and hold it. And we can just let it roll off our shoulders, metaphorically speaking. I think that that's possible. I think it's challenging, but I do think it's possible. Yeah. And it's a really good skill to develop because we're all going to have to, at some point in our lives, be around someone who is projecting or be around someone who is angry at a situation that's going on. And it doesn't, a lot of times it does involve us or it does, but that's, it's really important to learn not to take everything personally and not to absorb everything that other people are. Absolutely. I love your question. I think it's a very valid question because as you evolve, you're going to freak people out. <laughs> uh, you just are. Like I said, we don't like, our neural pathways are built for certainty. You know, the strongest neural pathways in our bodies are the ones that we know the best. So quite literally, we do not like what we do not understand. And if you are acting like a completely different person, well, shoot, that is going to terrify the people that have known you. Um, just by natural happenstance, of course it is. It scares you, doesn't it? Doesn't it kind of scare you a little bit that you look in the mirror and you're like, damn, (laughs) I am different, but I love that I'm different. You know, other people get to love you. Other people get to love how you're different now. Well, let's get into body art a little bit. I'm sure people are wondering what the, like what really is. So if you could kind of explain it, I absolutely love the experience. Like I said, my friend and I both came, we loved it. Um, very transformative and very fun. So tell us a little bit more about body art. 
Yeah. You you like invented body art, right? You're the like inventor. Like it's wasn't a thing before you. So it's a method that essentially that I'm calling it the body art method. I've thought about maybe one day in the future if I would teach other people how to do it. Right now I'm I'm sticking with just me because I just started it, but I have already had people say like, do you ever think you'll teach other people how to do this? Uh, not right now, but maybe. Um, Cause it is a very intelligent design. You know, I was already speaking like the, the chakra work and certain things and my uh, teacher trainings and everything have kind of informed that my yoga for trauma training, the Kundalini, all of it's informed body art. And honestly, my own wisdom around my own trauma has informed it and was the major catalyst for why I even came out with it in February. So body art is um, in its formal like definition per se is a 90 minute embodied dance uh, writing activation to heal up level and know thyself through the art of music, dance and writing. It's all intuitive. There's no choreography as you experienced it's not, uh, you don't have to have dance experience. That's not required. Intuitive meaning that at times I'm guiding you, like we're going to do this simple movement together, but intuitive in the sense that it's not some complicated dance step. It's something that's like very intuitive matching a drum beat or something, right? So intuitive meaning it's easy to pick up on. It feels natural, like in our bodies or intuitive dance as in, I'm completely saying, go freestyle, just have at it, roll around on the floor. How do you want to express? How is the emotion moving through your body? So intuitive in both of those senses. And then same thing with the writing. You know, we journal, we do poetry, we look at art while we do the poetry. All of this just to seek inspiration and kind of find our own, our own flow through listening to that intuitive, this is what needs to come through, this is what needs to be written. This is what the poem, the poetic words strung together um, to just move through whatever wants to come out and be expressed. Expression is so important, as I've already talked about, and it's such a huge part of body art. And uh, it's really, you know, it's, it's so much more than just let's be on our bodies. I, I, I always like to say I'm not just teaching dance. I don't feel like a quote unquote dance teacher. I don't feel that I need to teach you to dance. I believe that this magic is already innate in you and it just needs remembered and activated. That's why I call them workshop activations. I don't call it a class. We go with the Zodiac, like we just did Virgo. So I'm having us see ourselves through the lens of the Zodiac and really just embodying that energy of that month, because really all these Zodiacs are just human tendencies. I'm very interested in humans. And so if I can just help us unpack these human tendencies through the lens of the Zodiac energies, then we better understand who we are. And we've been talking about who we are this whole conversation. You know, figuring out who the hell you are, that's like our whole lifetime's worth because you're, you're going to keep changing. So I hope that you keep being curious about who you are and how you're evolving. So we unpack all of that through movement, through intuitive movement, through writing and really seeing ourselves as art, uh, seeing our bodies as art.
making art because it's so healing. Art in itself is healing. You know, it, it brings meaning to that, which is untouchable or that's hard to say or express. And there's something so artful and beautiful about living embodied because it's, it's so present. You get to make art out of every single day when you live embodied. You get to make art out of how you feel in any moment. That's, that's artful. That's beautiful. Uh, that's the kind of life I want. And that's what I'm here for. And I'm just here to guide other women uh, to do the same. I don't even really think of it like teacher. Again, like, I think you know all of this. I believe you do. I'm just helping to guide it back out of you. Like, let me just pull this out of you, you know, <laughs> to come to help you come back to that space of knowing and understanding who, who the fuck you are and what magic you have. And the, it's based a lot on energetics. There's a lot of energy. We move in body art. It's a lot of energy. <laughs> I don't know if afterwards, I'm so curious how you felt afterwards. Cause it's a lot of energy we're working a lot with, cause it's the body we're working with the body we're working with it on a very um intentional level not just like hey let's go run it's like a very intentionally driven intelligently designed using the energy body um so it it moves a lot of shit around and i one of my ambassadors was like i think i need to start putting up a warning label that like days after you might feel like things might come up or you know and i was like yeah i mean but it's not just a dance class. It's for healing. It's for, and healing is so much more, by the way, than just healing is wholeness. So when people are like, well, I'm not healing from anything. Like I didn't have a husband with a traumatic brain injury or, you know, I'm not going through a divorce or I didn't lose my job or I don't have anything hard in my life. What am I healing from? You're healing from something because you're just coming back to wholeness, right? You're remembering your wholeness. And to me, that's what healing ultimately is. If we can think of what it is, it's a wholeness. You know, that's why we work with the feminine so much in body art, because we fucking forgot about that. We forgot about that energy. We're so in the masculine. So let's come back to the feminine, therefore come back to our wholeness. But I want to, I do want to ping it back to you because I want to hear how you felt afterwards and your experience. I'm so curious. Yeah, well, um, I definitely agree that it's like it, it opens you up and allows things to move through you and, and then release that you needed to release. And it really did that for me. And I, I cried. Like I cried almost right away and like in a good way, in a releasing way, in a beautiful way. Um, and I think at the end of the class, I was crying like a little bit later, um, did some journaling. I, I felt like it really helped me tap into things I didn't know I needed to work on. So definitely found, uh, found it super healing. I, I find it interesting. So many women don't dance at all, aren't comfortable dancing at all. And it's, and men and people, but like children are comfortable dancing. Babies dance intuitively. Like, I think it's beautiful to bring us back to, it is human to move your body into dance. Like you're right, it is in you. And I love that you are helping people tap into that and be okay with that again, because it, I think it is necessary for us. Like we are supposed to be 
dancing. Every culture dances except ours. Yep. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about it, like the body was made to move, like literally it was designed to, to move. Um, we're not designed to sit still for too long. Like we aren't, we're not designed to sit at a desk all day. Think back to our ancestors. Were they sitting around all day? No. Our bodies, they were, they were, they were foraging. They were dancing. They, they were not living sedentary lives. Our, like on a very basic level, our bodies were literally not made to be sedentary. The body wants to be in motion. Here's this important. The body wants to be in motion. The mind wants to be in stillness. So if we can use the body in motion, then we can get to the mind in stillness. That's the premise. But we try to use our, we, we think, oh, I'm just going to go meditate and I'm going to have a really busy day and I'm going to go meditate. And then we get on the cushion and we're like crazy eyes. Like I can't even focus. Like I suck at meditating. I don't think you necessarily suck at meditating. I think you're going about it the wrong way. I think that you're trying to use your mind to get out of your mind. And I think you need to use your body. I think you need to use this vessel that you have. Go through that way. And then you can find that stillness. But if we could understand that concept that your body wants to be in motion and your mind wants stillness, that's it. But we got it the other way around and our minds are going crazy in motion and our bodies are way too sedentary. Do you see what I mean? Mm -hmm. We got it so backwards. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, no, 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 no. We've got that flipped. And yes, like babies, no movement baby's got rhythm kids they are so connected they're so much closer to source than we are as adults and they're just they don't have shame Mm -hmm. they just feel it they just be it and you notice a point in time when they stop and that's whenever they the society starts getting to them and it's like it cuts that's such a such a damn shame that you can literally see when a child starts realizing Oh, the world's looking at me. Yeah. Oh, I can't do unless I'm really good at that. I shouldn't be doing it at all. Right. Right. And it's like, no, 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 no. Uh, there's no, I don't think of it as like, you're like a good dancer. Just dance, move your body. If the word dance freaks you out, move your body. Come to body art. Just come to body art. You know, just start moving, see what happens, see what shapes you start making. How does your emotion want to express itself through the vessel of the body? What sounds do you want to make? Like, oh, like what, what is coming out? What, you know, how big can you breathe? How loud can you breathe? And you know, would just be amazed at how expressive you actually are. People think they aren't creative. People think, oh, I'm not that sexual. I'm not that creative. I'm not that expressive. I call BS. I think that you are much more than you think you are. And you're just not giving yourself that um, permission to even explore it. You know, like I, I beg to differ. I think you probably are more than you think. 
I think humans are pretty special in that way. You know, there's a reason that we're not exactly the same as animals. Our brains are different. We have the ability to find meaning and create art and, you know, so, and also with that being said, we are also animals. (laughs) And so there's a primalness to us. There's sounds to us, guttural, not pretty, sometimes pretty, sorrow-filled. There's so many things in there that are just asking you to please let me out. And I'll show you a whole new world of yourself if you would just let me. Yeah. So that's body art. And I literally just wrote a manifesto for, yes, I just wrote it yesterday, like the body art, like a manifesto. So I love that we're talking about this. It feels so present and I didn't know it was going to be a membership. So if anyone out there is like, you have an idea and you're like sitting on it, um, just take the next best step. Like we said, I just put the class out in February because it hit all these tools that we're combining in body art. They healed me. And I was in a terrible place after my husband, it was a really severe accident. Um, and all of this healed me. And I just was like, you know what? I'm going to put the class out there. And I was free. I didn't charge anything. And then it just kept evolving. And I just kept taking the next best step and it became a membership. And I have these 25 ambassadors now out there. And it just blows my mind because I didn't see any of that coming. But if you just can do something from your heart and from your authentic expression, that's it. Like it will just flow. It, it, it's, it sounds so corny and it's so true. That's the power of being in your authentic self. That's the power, you know, people say that all the time now to me, like, Hey, you're really supposed to be doing body art. This is you. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I know. (laughs) And it feels really good. feels really good to be that authentic. So how can people find you? How can they book a body art workshop? How can they get more from you? Yeah. So I think the easiest way, honestly, is um, even more than my website, just on my Instagram, because all the links are in my link tree um, directly. So I would say just going to Alyssa Cousins on Instagram. Cousins is not spelled like your cousin. (laughs) It's K-U-Z-I-N-S. And uh, you'll find all the links there for if you want to try a drop in class, if you want to do um, look at the memberships, there's two different tiers, soon to be a third tier actually for 2022, there's going to be another level of uh, a little advanced level that I'm really excited about. So you can compare those and see what those are like. And there's different price points to kind of meet you where you're at, both financially and also where you are in your journey. There's a different place to meet you at every, at every place. Um, and yeah, we're, we'll be doing Libra season next. Like I said, we go through the Zodiac. So uh, if you're into astrology and even if you don't know a ton about it, you don't need to. Um, we, we dive in and yeah, I would say just Instagram. You can peep me over there. My book doesn't come out until March, 2022. So we've got a little time till then pre-sales for that will probably be in January on Amazon. And yeah, just come find me on Instagram. I love meeting people on Instagram and I love voice memos. I don't think those are weird. I love voice memos. 
<laughs> so if you listen to this episode, you can send me a DM or send me a voice message and I will, I will love it. <laughs> for you guys. So go check that out. Definitely join a session. And Alyssa, thank you so much. This has been such a beautiful conversation. I'm so grateful to have you here. Yeah, thank you so much, Lee. I really appreciate it. I know that um, who you have on your show, I know that it always is important to uh, make sure it's in alignment. And so thank you. And I'm really grateful that you're sharing your audience with me. And uh, it feels really good to have these conversations and it feels really important. So thank you. <laughs>